Today we're going to be, begin a brand new three-part series called At the Table. This is a series about the family. I can't speak for you, but I love my family. My wife, uh, my kids and their spouses, and my grandkids. Have I told you about my grandkids? Briley, Addie, Ellie, and Easton. I, I love my family. One of the reasons why I love my family so much is because of the many struggles that I had as a kid in the family I was born into. I remember as a kid looking at other families, looking at how they interacted with one another. I, I remember looking at other families with envy and wishing that my family was more like their family, at least as they appeared to be. I remember having a tremendous desire to get married and, and begin a family all of my own, hoping to create that family dynamic that my heart longed for. Maybe some of you can relate. Now, even though my birth family wasn't all that I wanted it to be, it, it wasn't all bad. It, it wasn't all bad. We had, we had our moments. Uh, I remember as a little boy, me and my, my three siblings all climbing uh, on mom and dad's bed early on a Saturday morning and the six of us engaging in conversation. I can also remember supper time at the kitchen table. Now, I grew up in Oklahoma, so we called the evening meal supper. Yeah, it was breakfast, dinner, and supper. And supper time, the entire family assembled. And it was at the table where most of our interaction took place. My mom always had a hot meal prepared and, and we all ate together every single night around the table. Now, my mom was an excellent cook. Oh, nobody, nobody could, could, could cook fried chicken like my mama, except my wife. <laughs> Did I recover all right there? Okay. But one of my favorite meals that my mama cooked was, was homemade biscuits and gravy. They're not just gravy, but chip beef Gravy. Listen, listen, if I ever drown, I hope it's in gravy. Amen. <laughs> Everyone in my family, every one of us had our assigned seats at the table. And every meal we automatically sat in our assigned seats. Except when, when mom fixed biscuits and chip beef gravy. When we knew that we were eating biscuits and gravy, my older brother Dennis, he would not sit in his regular chair. He would wait and see where mom placed the gravy bowl. <laughs> and he would sit right in front of the gravy bowl. So he would be first to dip the gravy. And I would yell out, Mom, Mom, Dennis is getting all the chipped beef out of the gravy. Maybe you have stories that you could tell from the times that your family gathered around the table. Because the truth is, some of the most precious and meaningful times to 
took place at the table. And that's our series for the next three weeks, At the Table. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the family. One of my very favorite subjects to talk about. Today we're going to start looking at the subject of parenting. Parenting. Next week, we're going to focus on marriage. We're going to have a marriage one night training on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, we're going to conclude with a message on, on marriage. Joey and Stacy Alcala are going to be our very special guest speakers for this marriage weekend. It's going to be incredible. Then the following week, I'm going to come back with part two about parenting. So I encourage you, don't miss a single opportunity to help strengthen and grow yourself and your family. Now, I have chosen to share with you what I'm calling the Ten Commandments of Parenting. I'm going to share five of them today, and the rest of them I'm going to share on the 25th, the last Sunday of this month. Now, I want to begin today with a a disclaimer, and here's the disclaimer, and that is I don't claim to be an expert. I'm not standing up here today as some kind of expert. I I don't claim to have batted a thousand as a parent myself. I can't. My daughter's sitting right there on the front row. She knows I didn't bat a thousand. See, see, there there, there are things that I did that I wish I had not done as a father. There are things that I did not do that, oh, how I wish I had done as a father. And there are certainly many, many things that tr- surely I, I, I could have done better. And I also want to say this before we get into the meat of the message. And that is, I, I never teach or preach on the family without somebody coming to me and saying to me afterwards, Oh, oh, I wish I'd have heard this 20 years ago. I, I wish I'd have heard this 30 years ago. Oh, if only I could have heard this 40 years ago. Oh, oh, I would have been a much better husband or I would have been a much better wife or I'd have been a much better parent. Oh, oh, I wish I'd have got this information years ago. And they go on to say, I have so many regrets. Please don't beat yourself up. Please don't. That's not what this is all about. Do, Do not beat yourself up. There's nothing we can do about past mistakes. We cannot go back into the past and, and change anything. But, but the good news is we can do something about the present and we can do something about the future. And it's never too late to improve as a parent. Even if you are like me and your children are grown and have children of their own, it's still never too late to improve as a parent. And our grown children still need us. I'll never forget a very good friend of mine. He's just about the same age as me. And this was several years ago, but I'll never forget his father died. His father died, and I'll never forget as I was talking to him, and he was telling me about his father and telling me about his dad dying, and he, and he, and he looked into my eyes, and tears was running down his face, and he, and he asked me, he said, he said, who's in charge now? Dad was always in charge. Dad's not around anymore. Dad's gone. Who's in charge? See, even though he was a grown man, probably in his 50s, but oh, we never outgrow the need for our parents. David said, who's in charge now? I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, you are David. You are. 
And here's also the good news, and that is we can apologize to our kids and we can take ownership of our past uh, mistakes. Oh, oh, my father did. My father did. Oh, he made a lot of mistakes. He wasn't the perfect father. Oh, I didn't receive the affirmation that I needed from my father there. I can, I can, I can trade you stories uh, about things when I was growing up that should not have happened. Listen, my father made a lot of mistakes, but, but, but I want to tell you that my father apologized. Oh, it's like it was yesterday, even though it was many, many years ago. I can still recall in front of the entire family on a Christmas evening before we opened the presents, my father stood up and he said, I need to say something to this family. And my father looked at every one of his children and he said to each and every one of us, I failed. I I made a lot of mistakes and I'm sorry for the mistakes that I made. And I want to tell you that that was the turnaround in the relationship, actually the beginning of a relationship that we never had as father and son. And I want to tell you that night, my five foot nine inch daddy seemed 10 feet tall in my eyes. It's never too late. It's never too late. All right, let's get started on the 10 commandments of parenting. Commandment number one. And I don't know if the kids are going to like me in this series. I'm not real sure, but I love you anyway, all right? And uh, I'm telling the truth, and what I'm telling your parents is actually for your benefit, all right? The first commandment I have for you today is this, and that is don't provide your children. Don't provide them with everything they want. Don't, don't, don't provide for them everything they want. See, see, the tendency as a parent is to provide for our kids with an, provide our kids with an easier life than we had. To give them everything that we wanted as a kid, but we never got. We love our kids so much and we want them to be totally happy so bad that we tend to give them anything and everything they want and especially in today's world. Whether that be toys or entertainment or food choices. (laughs) I had food choices when I was a kid. (laughs) My mama offered me two choices at every meal. (laughs) Take it or leave it. (laughs) Don't provide your kids with anything and everything their little hearts desire. Reject the temptation to spoil them. Because you see, spoiling leads to entitlement. Spoiling leads to dependency. Spoiling can actually cripple your child or make them so soft they won't be able to survive in the real world. A world where they're not going to be offered multiple choice. A world without daddy's credit card. A world where they have to work for what they need and for what they want. A man found the cocoon of a butterfly. One day a small opening appeared. He sat and watched the butterfly for several hours as it struggled to force its body through the little hole. Then it seemed to stop making any progress. It appeared as if it had gotten as far as it could and could go no further. So the man decided to help the butterfly. He took a pair of scissors and snipped off the remaining bit of the cocoon. The butterfly then emerged easily. 
but it had a swollen body and small shriveled wings. The man continued to watch the butterfly because he expected that, that at any moment the wings would enlarge and expand to be able to support the body, which would contract in time. Neither happened. In fact, the butterfly spent the rest of its life crawling around with a swollen body and shriveled wings. It was never able to fly. What the man in his kindness and haste did not understand was that the restricting cocoon and the, and the struggle required for the butterfly to get through the tiny opening was nature's way of forcing fluids from the body of the butterfly into its wings so that it would be ready to, for flight once it achieved its freedom from the cocoon. Sometimes struggles are exactly what we need in our life. If we were allowed to go through our life without any obstacles, it would cripple us. And we would not be as strong as we could have been. They don't hear what I'm not saying. So many times people hear what I don't say. They don't hear what I do say. They hear what I don't say. I'm not saying it's wrong to help your kids. I'm not saying that it's wrong to give to your kids. I am saying don't spoil them by making life too easy for them. You're doing them no favor when you do. And later they will discover, (laughs) oh, yes, they will. Later in life they're going to discover that the sun actually does not rise and set over them. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 21 says, too much too soon is not a blessing in the end. Commandment number two, don't permit them to do as they please. Don't permit them to do as they please. Eli the priest did in 1 Samuel, didn't turn out well for the entire family. Love your kids enough to say no. Love them enough to set boundaries with them. Love them, love them enough to be willing to be unpopular with your kids for a while in order to keep them safe, in order to keep them on the right track. And love them enough to discipline them when they get off track. Proverbs 19 and verse 18 says, discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. And Proverbs 29 verse 15 and verse 17 says, to discipline a child will produce wisdom in them. It says, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and they will make your heart glad. So don't permit your kids to do as they Please, hold them accountable to the rules of the house. You do have some rules in your house, right? You have made these rules clear to your kids, right? You have told them that they will be punished if they disobey these rules. And let me say this, these rules should include household chores, all the mamas said. Everyone who lives in the house, everyone, that includes dad. 
I'll just make everybody mad today. Everyone that lives in the house should have some responsibility to help care for and maintain the house. That might be cleaning your room, might be making your bed, it might be doing the dishes, it might be helping with the laundry, it might be mowing the lawn, whatever that it might be. In all age appropriate. And listen, a child is never too little and too young to start. I know you can pick up their toys ten times faster than they can. But they need to learn. Amen? Amen. Difference between Grammy and Papa? When the grandkids ride with Grandma, Grammy, you can tell it. Her back seat, you can tell it. They ride with Papa. Okay, let's get out. Everybody get their trash. Oh, you missed some. Everyone needs to be held accountable. Everyone needs responsibilities. Amen. Age appropriate, of course, but everyone living in the house helps the house function. Let me say this. Let me say this. Kids, kids should not be treated like slave labor. But neither should they be treated as house guests. They're part of the family. Amen. Am I doing all right? All right, let's look at the third commandment this morning. That is, don't don't pressure them to become what you want them to become. Don't try and fulfill your unfulfilled dreams and desires through your kids. Because, see, they're going to have their own dreams. They're going to have their own desires. And theirs probably will not match yours. I'll never forget years ago, there was a family in my church, and I'll never forget this, this man that, that he had a, a certain uh, profession, and he wanted his oldest son to be in the same profession. He thought it'd be so awesome if they shared the same profession. And so he pushed his older son towards this profession. And sure enough, to make daddy happy, he went along and he went to college and, and he squeezed four years of college into six. <laughs> and still had no degree. Finally, he got the nerve to talk to his father and say, Dad, I don't want to, that's not what I want to pay. And finally, his dad released him to choose his own path. Don't pressure your kids to become what you want them to become. I'll never forget when my kids were growing up, my father, who was also a pastor, my dad would say to me, son, you know, Chad's called into the ministry. I said, dad, don't say that to Chad. What? Don't say a word about the ministry And him being called. Because I don't want him grandpa called. And he's not going to be daddy called. And when Krista came along and dad would say, you know, Krista's called in the ministry too. Dad, don't say anything to Krista. Hey, pastor, you don't want your kids to be in ministry? Listen, it didn't have anything to do with what I want or don't want. If God wants to call them in the ministry, and God did, and I knew in my heart, yes, I already knew it, 
but I wasn't going to call them because you see, I understood about ministry. I understood how hard and difficult it could be. And I understood that if they were grandpa called or daddy called, that when the pressure was on, they wouldn't make it in the ministry. And the time would come when the only thing that would keep them in ministry was the call of God upon their life. So don't pressure your kids to become what you want them to become. Instead, instead help them recognize their giftings and how they could, they could be directed. Romans 12 and 6, you recognize that one? We've heard it a lot lately, but here it is again. But it says God has given to each of us individually different gifts for doing certain things well. Your child has a calling. It may be ministry, it may be something else, but God has ordained for them something in life and he has gifted them, he's equipped them, he's made them, their personality, their giftings, their talents, their abilities, all of that is a clue as to what God wants for them and for their life. All of your kids, all of us, we have... have, Our children, they all have things they do well, things they excel at, things they do with little effort, things that just come naturally to them, things that other people say they're good at, things they get recognized for, things they enjoy doing, things that bring satisfaction to them. Your job as a parent is to help them recognize these things and then help direct them onto a path where these gifts, these talents, these abilities can be applied. The fourth commandment for parenting this morning is this, and this is don't pretend to be perfect. Don't pretend to be perfect. The last I checked, Romans 3 and 23 still says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. How many? Does that all, does that include you? Does that include me? Proverbs 16 and 2 says, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord, he examines their motives. Hey, parents, don't pretend to be perfect. Don't don't pretend that you're perfect now, and don't pretend that you were perfect when you were a kid. Resist the temptation to present yourself as Superman or Wonder Woman. I don't know, maybe it'd be a good idea for us to pull out our old report cards when we were in school. Were they really all A's as we remember them to be, as we claim they were? What did our teacher report about our conduct? Hey, hey, did you really, really, did you really walk to school in two feet of snow uphill both ways with a smile on your face? Glad to do it, really. Don't pretend to be perfect. Resist the temptation to present yourself as Superman or Wonder Woman to your kids. Tell them about your struggles. Be open, be honest, be vulnerable with them. Be real. Just be real. The fifth one for today. Don't protect them from the consequences of their actions. Don't don't protect your children from the consequences of their actions. Proverbs 19 and 19 says... That if you rescue someone from the consequences of their actions, 
you're going to have to do it again. And probably again. And then again. In other words, why should, why should someone stop doing something wrong if they never have to suffer for their actions? I mean, listen, if a child knows that, that, that every time they do something wrong that their parents will bail them out or repair the damages, well, well hey, why should they stop, man? Why should they stop, man? Man, I've got a, I got a get, get out of jail free card. Compliments of mom and dad. Hey, protecting your child from the consequences of their actions might, it might help in the short run, but all, oh, it will be harmful in the long run. See, here's what we need to understand. That is taking responsibility for our actions helps to build character. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number, seven, uh, number 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Duh. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. We're talking about parenting today. It's a daunting task. It, it, it really is. See, most of us started the process when we were too young and totally untrained. I was 21 years old when my son was born. I was too young. I was untrained. Now, talking about the family can stir up a lot of emotions. In fact, there will probably be some people that won't even come to church next Sunday. Next Sunday, maybe. Because when you begin to talk about the family, it stirs up a lot, a lot of emotions. See, not everyone grew up in a loving house. Not everyone experienced the storybook life that began with once upon a time and, and ended with and they lived happily ever after. See, see, for some, their fondest memories were of their childhood. For others... Those are the memories they want to forget. For some, the family, oh, for, for some it's a happy story, and for some it's a horror story. But the good news is, oh, I want you to get this this morning. The good news is there's another family, there's another family, there's another family that you and I can be a part of. It's the family of God, the Christian family. In this family, we have, we have the greatest father of all time. Oh, I hope you had a wonderful father. I hope he was an affirming father. I hope he was, he was there for you. I hope, I hope you had a good father. I, I hope so. But oh, if you didn't, I want to tell you that there's a father that is available to you and he is the father that you wanted your father to always be. He's the father you always dreamed about and hoped for and wanted and dreamed about. Oh, aren't you glad for the family of God? God, our Heavenly Father, the perfect Father. He makes no mistakes. 
in parenting. He's loving and, and he's forgiving. He protects us and he, he provides for us. He's crazy about us and always available to offer us the affirmation and encouragement that we so desperately need. And oh, by the way, he also loves us enough to discipline us. Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 6 says, Don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes those he accepts as his children. Have you ever received a whipping from the Lord? He says, this hurts you more than it hurts. It hurts me more than it hurts you. My father always used to say, this hurts me more than it does you. I don't, he didn't act like it. I don't really believe it. He's a good, good father, right? Our heavenly father. Are you a part of God's family? See, you can't choose your natural family. Can choose your Christian family. Amen. Are you part of this wonderful family? Father, I thank you today for your, your word today, the instruction in your word. Thank you, God, that you didn't just you didn't just give us enough information to get to heaven and keep us out of hell, but but you gave us specific instruction for every part and every area and phase of our life. And I thank you for it, Father. Praise you for.